a word about the lulav. Since this is Sukkot, I think that it is a particularly apt time to remember that there are people in the world who are fighting for and losing their home. And so we recall those in Ukraine, those in Iran who at the moment feel like they don't have a home, places in Africa where people are losing their home and there are refugees all through the world. I think that it is appropriate on Sukkot to be grateful that we have homes and remember those who don't. Now, what I want to say about the Lulav is, first of all, one disadvantage, or maybe it's an advantage, of observing Shabbat is that rabbis don't get to give multimedia presentations. I have never been able to show you slides like at a meeting as I illustrate what it is I'm talking about. And basically, as close as we get is we can hold up a lulav. So here is the only audiovisual aid that I get during the year, and I want to make some use of it. You'll recall that as we said the Hallel earlier, the one time that we held the lulav steady and didn't move it was when we said God's name. If you ask most people, they will say God is everywhere, right? In fact, I remember years ago, Harold Schulweis telling me a story in his Hebrew school of a teacher who told the students that God was everywhere. And one of the kids said, God's everywhere. And she said, yes. And he said, got him. <laughs> Which makes sense after all, right? And so here's the question. If God is everywhere, then why don't we wave the lulav everywhere when we say God's name? Why do we hold it still? And the answer, which is the lesson that I want to draw from the lulav this morning, is that actually God is nowhere. God bless you. <laughs> Except to bless Ariel. That's the one place God is. God is nowhere, just like God is nothing. And I mean that very literally. God is no thing, and God is in no place. We think of God as having a place. We think of God as there, but we just can't see God. But actually, God doesn't have a place the way human beings have a place. Space and time, whatever they are, and some people think that it's woven into the universe, and some people think it's added onto the universe, and God knows I don't know. But whatever it is, it doesn't hold God. So if you say, for example, where is love? You say, well, you can't point to, you can point to where you feel love, but you can't point to love because love doesn't have a place. So we understand the idea of something not having a place. We just don't normally think of God that way. But in fact, God is nowhere. And that's why the rabbis didn't say, just move the lulav everywhere, because God is nowhere. And one of the names for God in the Jewish tradition is ayin, which means nothing, because God is literally no thing. That is, you can't touch God. God's not an object. God lives beyond space and time. Now. 
If you think it's hard to understand that God lives beyond space and time, I want you to know I don't understand it either. It's not like I am here fully grasping this idea and you don't. But what I do know is, even if you can't understand it, you can represent it. That is, you can show that you understand it by doing certain things like holding a lulav steady, showing that even ideas that are too great for us to understand, we acknowledge them, even if we can't hold them in our heads, because everybody's had the experience of trying to imagine infinity, but you can't because everything we know ends somewhere, right? And how can something just go on forever? But that's the limitation of our minds, not the limitation of God. And so this very simple symbol of holding the lulav steady reminds us how much it is that we don't know, just as the one moment when we really acknowledge God in the service is during which prayer? The Shema. And what do we do? We cover our eyes. Because if you see something and say and acknowledge God, it's not nearly as good as if you realize that God can't be seen. And the only way you can imagine infinity is by closing your eyes. When you open, you see things. When you close your eyes, you see nothing and nowhere. And so it's as close as we get to the beginning of understanding what we will never understand. And that beautiful symbolic idea on Sukkot is very, very deep, but it's very easily missed. So I took advantage of my visual aid on this holiday to explain it. About this, all I can say is, it makes a not very good pie. That's really all I've got with the etrog, and it smells nice. So I wanted to go, I just wanted you to know, I wasn't all the time thinking about infinity. Um, also, after services, there is lunch. Um, and with that, Ain Kalohenu.